This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam's got kicks and the angels got owned. Yep. Bunker's haunted. Rest in peace, break home. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and we are hurtling our way through Season 9. Chris, how are you today? What's happening, my good man? I'm feeling hurtled. I'm feeling like I'm kind of swinging back around positively on Season 9. That's kind of where I'm at right now. What about you, Jeremy? I'm I'm feeling good about Season 9. I actually, actually haven't been off of the season nine train i just felt like some of these episodes had been a little a little a little weirdly paced both in like episode order mm-hmm. and also in the like actual episodes uh this one is what i thought was going to be like a goofy one-off premise and was a surprising uh heartbreaker for me like this was a yeah. this was a thing and i was like oh shit like they're they're putting some work into all this stuff and i'm i'm really impressed by this episode this was uh this was a good one yeah and i don't want to say that season nine's been bad i feel like and it's probably obvious that I've been almost like disinterested in it. Like nothing has really grabbed my attention. I haven't really been able to buy in to some of the emotions and the plot lines, which is maybe not the show's fault. Maybe that's on me. But I feel like I'm I'm coming back around now, which is which is good. I'm excited. Yeah, and we're going to get to our full breakdown of this episode. But first, I'm going to thank the patrons over patreon.com slash monster of the week. They get uh, all kinds of cool stuff for supporting us directly via that Patreon. Um, you can get access to our Discord. Where we're always having fun conversations, basically just dunking on Travis McElroy all day. Travis, if you're listening <laughs> out there, if you're listening, you can come be on our podcast, but we're not going to let you record any audio. We're just going to talk over you the entire time. Uh, <clears throat> they also get episodes early and uh, exclusive podcasts on topics like uh, Cowboy Bebop, The Witcher, all kinds of cool stuff. So go check, check that out, yeah. patreon.com slash monster of the week. And uh, thank you to our most recent pledge, which is uh, Zoe Bug. So thank you, Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. Chris, can you catch us up? What's been what's been happening with season nine? I will do my best. Last time on Supernatural, the Winchesters might be back in town, but the boys, as it were, are not. With their relationship dangling by a thread, Sam and Dean continue to hunt together, searching for any clues that might lead them to Gadriel, Metatron, or Abaddon. But after two successive hunts and no clues in sight, frustrations and differences between the brothers continue to mount opening up old wounds and creating new divides. Maybe a healthy dose of angel warfare is just what they need to straighten themselves out. Perfect. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, We are covering Season 9, Episode 14, called Captives. This was written by Robert Behrens and directed by Jerry Wunick. This aired on February 24th of 2014. The bunker is haunted. We got ghosts in the bunker. Got ghosts in the bunker, y'all. Uh, Sam and Dean are stunned to discover the Men of Letters bunker is haunted. <laughs> Don't know why they're stunned. Like, ghosts follow these That's... dudes around. So, yeah. uh, Their investigation leads them to a storage facility where the demons have been keeping a prized possession. Meanwhile, Castiel is captured by, 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 ooh, captured by Bartholomew. It's a, geez, it's a tricky name. It's a Bartholomew is always gets me, man. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's a, it's kind of a it's weird same. name. Same. I I 
Notice I haven't said it yet. <laughs> Just call him Bart. <laughs> Bart. It's way easier. Um, so yeah, we get our, our, our like previously on segment, and it's basically just that angels are dicks. Uh, we get a nice little Kevin montage reminding us of who Kevin is to kind of maybe not completely spoil who our ghost is going to be this episode. And then um, yeah. <laughs> get some get some Sam as a mean brother activity. Uh, and then we just go right into it, and we get have these shots of the bunker like obviously being haunted, like lights flickering, water dripping, weird noises camera angles that are strange and you know something sneaking up on deem when he's just like listening to his beats headphones and uh, you know rocking out <laughs> i mean i could have stopped you at flickering lights like i'm so i'm so on board with the bunker being haunted i'm so on board with just the boys dealing with ghosts at any time anytime i know this ain't season one anymore but give me boys fighting ghosts <laughs> that's all i really ask for in this world and better yet we see all of this um we hear sam overhears dean shouting his name right uh and when he went, runs to go find him dean is gone um we see you know a spinning chair a flickering light uh and then what does sam do he picks up a goddamn sword he picks up so what s- looks like a fucking katana and i am so fucking here for it man and it's- he's just traipsing around the bunker in his socks with a fucking sword in hand looking for ghosts to kill this is a look i'm kind of here for it if, the only thing i wish is they would just show us the feet chris i just need show to see me those socked show, feet show you those socked feet so we can see this what's feet the big sword? idea cw you get some sort of uh issue with socked feet let me it's- see them it's making me think that the CW as a whole uh, just has a foot fetish, and that's why they're w- not willing to put this out in the public. You know what I'm saying? Because otherwise, like, see, people's feet are okay unless you have a fetish, in which case it's they're, they're right. real weird. Right. The opposite uh, is a is a, a foot prejudice, and I don't know which is worse. <laughs> to be frank, you think they're podiaracist racist podiaracist is that a- I, it's that is adjacent to the correct term for that i'm sure <laughs> we'll workshop that and come back to it later we'll work, yeah work it out work it out um i love this line from dean as they kind of uh as a ghost sneaks up behind sam and dean blows it away and he and they kind of look at each other and just dean's yep Bunker's haunted. It's <laughs> just like a plain <laughs> yeah. Jane. Such a great yeah. fucking line. I might That's even, line. even though I caught it out in the episode, I might make that the opening opening bit because I think it's so good. Um, it's a really good bit. Um, that's that's, and then they go. That's the splash screen right there, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, like bunker's haunted, and then whoosh, and it's so fucking yeah. great. So good. So that's good. That's good shit. That's good shit. That's some classic Dean Winchester shit right there. Um, so immediately they have to start trying to break it down. They know that the bunker is warded in such a way that nothing could have come from the outside. So it's either someone or something coming from within the bunker. Um, and though they're like, Sam realizes, obviously, you know, we haven't been dealing with this the entire time that we've been staying here. So that means it must be a recent death, um, which he's obviously implying something. He <laughs> is like, no, man, I don't have no idea what you're talking about. Who could you be talking I've about? Don't say his name. <laughs> never heard of anyone ever dying near me. Um, but he's like, no, dude, like, I burned Kevin. There's. There's no way that that this is him, um, but the coffee maker nearby starts to like ding and make noises in in response to him. So they're like, okay, uh, <laughs> I, I I guess uh, <laughs> I guess something's going on here. And then it was I think a coffee cup shatters too. Yeah, Dean says like 
Kevin, and then a coffee cup gets knocked off the the thing. Um, we we jump over to this funeral uh, where a guy in the background is kind of watching the the last rites being given, or, or whatever you call the things that people do at funeral uh, funerals. Uh, and he walks off only to be accosted by our good friend Castiel, who uh, demands to know where Metatron is. And uh, this is a, a bit of a setup. Like we find out a lot of information pretty quickly, but uh, this guy is was friends with Rebecca, um, who he just saw you know put in the ground and rebecca was metatron's like homie uh but Mm -hmm. rebecca had given up the life and had started what they're calling the penitence which is yet another angel faction that i don't give any fucks about uh but their their whole vibe is we're not going to fight any angels we're just going to like hey we can't get back to heaven so we're just going to settle into the human life and and not cause or ways war uh we'll just steal bodies and be regular humans exactly yeah we're just going to steal bodies (laughs) and uh lie to the body's families lie to the person's families for years and years and years uh and you know just steal their lives um this guy says that that was all well and good until bartholomew who people might or may or may not remember is uh, a leader of another angel faction that i don't give any fucks about uh this dude like actively (laughs) using uh the the lucrative medium of podcasting to recruit Uh hosts for his his angel buds uh bartholomew came along and killed all of the angels all of the penitents and as well as rebecca um and of course so it's just this like one random it's just left. this one guy left uh which is which is a bummer for this one guy who seemed like he had a lot of friends and now he doesn't have any friends you know he seemed like he had at least one friend rebecca um i mean i know she won't be around to mourn him but castiel would have been his friend i bet he's i feel like he's very castiel tries to like play it tough and act like he doesn't trust anybody but he, all, all he wants is to to have friends he just wants to he wants buds do you think the angels are ever kind of bitter about the fact that uh they were god's first creations but when they die they don't get like a special place to that's just the 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 culmination of all of their dreams to live in for eternity like they just uh, presumably go to limbo i guess yeah that's or purgatory. Uh, <laughs> where the angels go when they die uh, yeah sure <laughs> Uh, i don't know that kurt Cobain song dude it's such a weird song yeah where the phones going that that one that's exactly the one i was going for uh when they (laughs) die uh that's a cover but i don't remember who the original is by Um, yeah most of that album is covers right that's not the the man who ruled the world is the david bowie cover i can't remember who did that yeah i heard i didn't know that was or the melvins yeah i didn't know that was a cover when that album came out and i was just like oh man this is a good song kurt Cobain's a genius yeah and then um like years later i heard the original was like oh oh okay that's the that's the experience of that entire album is listening to it the mtv unplugged one listening to it uh liking every song and then slowly over the years learning one by one that oh that oh that was a cover oh that 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 was a cover oh okay It's uh learning something as a cover is always a disappointment. Usually, like people gra- hurts. gravitate to, towards like the first version of the song uh-huh. that that they hear. Um, but I'd, like so you can go back and like listen to different versions of those songs and go like, oh man, this was good and this was a vibe. But boy, why are you covering David Bowie, dog? <laughs> what you got? What are you doing yeah. here? <laughs> it's like trying to cover. So back at the bu- <laughs> back at the bunker. Yes, thank you for. There's now radio dog. silence. Nobody is here. Nobody has heard from Kevin or this ghost, whatever. So Sam and Dean are like trading shifts, trying to communicate with Kevin. Um, Dean, Dean's sitting there and he's trying to talk to Kevin, but he stops because he's like, you know, he's kind of getting emotional. It's it's pulling up some stuff that he's tried to push down, and he has some serious stuff to say, but he doesn't want to just say it to a coffee baker. 
Um, so he kind of, you know, pushes it away. He stands up and then he starts to say like, Kevin, I'm sorry. You did, you didn't choose this life. Uh, you busted your ass and you lost, uh, everything and everyone you ever loved. And your reward was being killed on my watch. That was on me. It was my fault. Um, and there's nothing I can do to make that, make it right. And I'm sorry. And that's, that's Dean pouring his heart out. He's saying the apology that I think regardless of however you feel his behavior has been, that's a genuine apology. And I think that's something good that we need to hear from Dean. And uh, it's just, it's a strong moment. It's him just saying, "I am so sorry." And now it's, it's also uh, course, a much better apology than he's ever offered. Sam just want to yeah. just want to throw that one in um, there. <laughs> it <laughs> throw is, some gas um, on the on the Sam Dean fire, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's of course in it. Dean obviously has some um, responsibility for what happened to to Kevin. I mean, they both do. Um, but it's not like his fault. Like Gadriel killed Kevin. At the end of the day, he didn't. He didn't make it better, Dean. But he didn't murder him. But it's still good to see him apologize and and kind of bare his soul like this. But then Sam comes back in, and uh, it's because all the lights have been flickering again. Like shit's kind of been popping off. And before anyone else can get all weepy to a coffee maker, um, Ghost Kevin appears. Um, what up, Kev? Good to see you, bro. And he's immediately complaining about having to listen to uh, uh, more Winchester pity parties. He's like, I had to listen to enough of these when I was alive. Definitely don't want to listen to them now that I'm dead. Um, but it's difficult. He's having a hard time getting across the veil. Like it took, if you remember right, like it took Bobby several months to try to figure out how to communicate with these dudes. Like it takes a, a lot of energy and effort to do this. So he's kind of fading in and out. Uh, but he does kind of fill them in on the situation. Um, he's he's crossing over the veil, number one, to let him know that since heaven is closed, Everyone that has died in on Earth is stuck in uh, the veil, um, which is not purgatory, but it's also not heaven or hell. They're just kind of sitting there chilling, uh, and it's getting a little crowded. Uh, Kevin, because he's Kevin, has made like a network of contacts to try to find his yeah. mom. My least favorite part of this episode is when he when he was like, "I have sources." I was like, "Fuck you, you're ghosts." <laughs> I, have, I have ghosts. <laughs> Shut up. But here, but here, but if he had said, "I have ghost sources," you would have been a hundred percent the other way, right? Like, yeah. I have ghost yeah. sources. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> if he had said, "I've been communicating with the spirits," I would have been like, "Ooh, that sounds oh, mystical." But he's like, "I have sources." I'm like, "Okay." Didn't realize you were James Bond. Um, yeah, yeah. No, was, no, it's, new, it's, was newsroom airing around this? Time? Time? Is that where they're getting this, this language from? Are they cribbing Aaron Sorkin? Who knows? Who knows? Um, I mean, it, it wasn't a big deal. It was just one of those tiny little things. We're yeah. like, okay, supernatural. Um, but yeah, he uh, he he basically. You can only stick around in the veil near the location of where you died, and so there was. He was basically able to pass some information, ask some questions, have some some toss back to him about uh, somebody who says that they were basically they were with Kevin's mom and they knew where she was and that she wasn't dead. Um, and this person, this spirit, their name was Candy. For some reason, they just like keep making a joke out of that throughout this episode. Yeah, I don't. I don't. But there's no punchline to the joke. <laughs> there's no punchline just... to the joke except like you know, Sam thinks the name Candy is a weird name for a ghost. We're like, welcome to fucking 2014, Sam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah people. Sorry, people Sam. have like, names, okay? Right. <laughs> Everybody not all traditionalists has a name. like you, Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we take a we go take a brief journey over to the back to the graveyard where uh, two very obvious angel goons jump out and grab Castiel, and then we're right back over to the boys who uh, arrive in Wichita. They seem to be under the same exact bridge that I feel like we've seen about four times in this show. Just a little. I bit was of a, very nostalgic for this bridge. This this seems like <laughs> the same bridge that they had. Like there, it seems like I've seen people jump off this bridge before. I want to say that. Uh, what did we call the necromancer guy? The asshole necromancer dude. Um, oh man 
uh it does that's, not matter that's, that's yeah. a long time ago <laughs> yeah dude that was like 47 years ago uh but yeah they're there's they're they're kind of posting up and doing a stakeout because they're gonna uh like dean brought the coffee pot thinking the coffee pot might be sensitive to a spirit yeah. they also bought like yeah. a a radio so they can listen to some tunes and also of course the, the the ghost could talk through it if she arrives um I think this is very funny for some reason. Like I don't. It's very funny. It's very season one that they're just like in the woods under a bridge trying to talk to some fucking ghosts. Uh, we go back over to Castiel. We're going to be doing this a lot. Our A and B plots yeah. do not meet up this yeah. this week. So uh, not at be, all. Yeah, it was. They don't. I don't even think they talk to Castiel. They don't. No, they don't, they give no fucks about Castiel. They're too busy chasing ghosts. Um, Castiel is waiting for Bartholomew to get there. Who uh, gets there and then promptly takes Castiel's blade and then they like hug. Uh, which is very weird for me because we've seen Castiel mm-hmm. like struggle with hugging in general. So it would be, it's kind of strange for me to, that these two cosmic beings would show affection to each other this way. Yeah. Uh, not sure like why that's the thing. Like uh, <laughs> what I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but it's clearly supposed to show us. They, they know each other They're I don't know how much I can't really recall. Cause I don't pay attention to this angel shit. I don't know how much Castiel is aware of what Bartholomew has been up to other than what this guy at the graveyard told him. Um, I, you know, we, as the audience have seen Bart's crew come up time and again as one of the factions, but I don't know if there's anything been like that Castiel would know about. Sorry, I punched my mic. I just really hate angels. Um, I don't know if there's anything that Castiel would know about that, about Bart that is like patently evil. That would really put him off to him. Um, I know Castiel is against all the angel fighting, obviously, so he's going to be wary, um, especially since he was taken prisoner, and he knows that this dude has been murdering people. But, like, you know, they give a hug, and Castiel, though, he's clearly on guard. He isn't um, necessarily reluctant to offer that kind of camaraderie, whatever, because they've had a past relationship where uh, apparently Bart fought under Castiel when he was fighting off the archangels after the apocalypse yep um there's there's some fucking heaven history i ignore all of it but there's some Boy, there, there's some shit stacked up if, there. You, if you wanted to write a book that nobody wanted to read <laughs> do i have a topic for you it's it's <laughs> it's the the history of angels and supernatural uh that it's not mostly revolving around castiel he's a footnote so yeah right if it's cast we're good but if when all this other stuff i'm like who yeah, what? yeah. If, if castiel's not on the screen you should be asking where's castiel right um Dean back over to Sam and Dean um he's calling Crowley uh and then just goes directly to voicemail and Sam kind of chides him a little bit um because he's the second or third time that Crowley has just ignored his phone calls uh before they can really get into this though the ghost starts saying starts talking and then we cut back over to Bartholomew and Castiel and get the the kind of download on this history lesson um he he questioned Castiel's leadership but he held his tongue because that's what angels do. That's what they're supposed, they're supposed to follow orders. And it worked like Raphael fled Castiel won the day and he was held up as the, the coolest angel award or something. I don't know. Like he was at the teen yeah. choice, yeah, teen angel award or something. Te- teen choice award. For yeah. Sure. Um, angel teen choice award. There it is. Right, right. Uh, but when Castiel left, uh, Bart was just left behind to just to be on the earth. Um, and then Castiel is like, yeah, but like you, you've been pretty busy. Like I left you some captives and you tortured and killed them. And I just told you to hold them. So like, where did this order following go? Uh, but of course now he's, he's all big and bad because he's running this angel faction. Um, again, don't really care about this side plot business at all. Yeah. This stuff doesn't really matter unless Castiel is there. And you know, I was just thinking that he, he is the anchor that we need for any of this shit. Like all of this works a little bit better because he's there. 
if these were other angels talking to each other, we I would have tuned it all out. But because Castiel is there, it's like, okay, this has grounded it in some way because I care about Castiel and I don't care about these other people. But because he's there, he has anchored this to something. Like when we were watching those ang- uh, angel factions meet out in like what pipe parking lot wherever um where bart's number two went to go meet with what's his name um malachi was that mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. um when they, it's just this meeting of characters who we've never seen on screen before talking about things that we don't really care about so it's just it's just like none of it matters it goes over our heads and we don't care but because castiel is here i find myself just that much more invested because i want to know how he's gonna get pulled into this and and as an extension of that, how are the Winchesters going to get pulled into this? And I, it's, it's also like, I, I get what they're doing. Like they want to, they want to have the angels as a, as a people, as a population, like chasing after Metatron. And they want, we, and the show wants to show some cool stuff with that, but it never works. And, um, it's interesting to me. We had this conversation in the discord the other day. I don't know how we got onto it, but people start saying like, who were your favorite angels? Literally everything, every single person. And of course, Castiel was not eligible as, as a selection, but right. every single angel uh, that people mentioned w- w- was dead. Like none of the angels that are alive right now, it seemed to resonate with anybody because they're all like, nobody cares about Bartholomew like this dude or whatever it's all oh zacharias or nathaniel or or whoever those dudes were Mm -hmm. from the early seasons or from seasons four and five this this like and we've talked about it before so maybe i shouldn't go into it again but the angel hierarchy kind of following orders versus not following orders versus like co-opting weird religious imagery to to basically kill people or possess them is is just it's just not what I'm here for in the sh- right. for the show as a whole. Like it's Sam and Dean are not on the screen. Castiel is on the screen, but he's talking about boring stuff. So I'm kind of left just like, okay, can we just, I know they're going to go find Metatron. Can we just skip to that point? Like, I don't need this history between Castiel and Bartholomew at all. Like, and I feel like, do you feel like Bartholomew don't is, have... is a villain character at this point? Like, I, I don't even know who this, is, this but dope like, is. Yeah. I don't, I just, man, I don't know. They, the Winchesters have no relationship with these angels. Am I am I right? Like, have they interacted with them this season beyond like something with Cassiel? Maybe I don't think that they have. Their their interactions have only been with uh, um, Gadriel. Right. So, yeah, it's. I think that it's somebody attacked Dean. Maybe in the um, in the pilot or not the pilot the opener the, the opener, opener yeah but i mean that could just be angels like angels in general That's, try to kill yeah. dean so like that doesn't give us any kind of anyway so we we go back over to sam and dean we should probably move on through the episode yeah. so just harping on how much leave we it to us angels. to just t- talk about something we don't like for 15 minutes <laughs> we gotta halt the show everybody it's time for u.s politics talk yeah yeah um, um candy starts so, speaking yeah, right. through this radio and um yeah. she's telling them that uh there's people were being like contained in these boxes i think i think that's what i meant to write i wrote b-o-e-s yeah in my notes. They, so hopefully i meant boxes they're being held she says her and and eventually she reveals linda tran kevin's mom um it's linda right i, I wrote linda the entire episode it's, very it's, confidently it's linda yeah and now i'm doubting myself okay um they they were being held somewhere as prisoners in some you know some box and presumably they were being held by Crowley, um, possibly at a storage unit. That's kind of our our assumption here. Um, and they were being held by like guarded by by two men. Um, 
One of them, I think, is supposed to be Crowley. Uh, that's the implication that I got. The British, short, loved hearing himself talk. Um, Candy tried to escape from her prison into the woods, but she was eventually caught and stabbed and killed. Um, but she says that, you know, she doesn't know what happened to Linda. Maybe Linda survived. Um, and then they're going to just erase that question mark real quick because we, we cut to Linda and she's chained <laughs> up and she's still alive. <laughs> I also, uh, Candy's party line, and this is the last time we'll, we'll talk to Ghost Candy, uh, unless she comes up later in the season, I don't know. Uh, but uh, she also says that if she's alive, she, uh, for her sake, I hope she's dead now. And uh, Which I think is like, that was how bad they were being treated. Although when we see Linda, yeah. she's definitely like chained up, uh, and she's not looking like she's having, she's not staying at the four-star Marriott or anything, um, but she doesn't look like she's being tortured to me. Are you? Did you get a torture vibe out of this? She no, she just looked dirty. Yeah, which is still bad. <laughs> I, don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, sh- you should. You have the right to clean yourself. Um, yeah, no, she looks fine. Um, she's uh, very healthy. I mean, because she's a health. She's just a healthy woman in real life, I assume. <laughs> so you know, it doesn't translate well. But no, it's fine. Um, it doesn't seem like it's not like Dean coming out of hell tortured or anything like yeah, that. She's yeah. just like she's just made dirty for the screen. It's fine. And the, this scene ends with the like one of the guys opening the door and her like screaming bloody murder. Uh, so obviously like yeah. this dude is is super terrifying, but uh it's just like they didn't they didn't really they 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 didn't show that or really tell us that. So I was kind of curious what was happening there. Um Yeah, they're just sort of like here you go, figure it out. <laughs> We uh we go back to Bartholomew and Castiel. Uh, they're kind of walking through their Bartholomew's office, and uh, all of these angels are giving Castiel like the 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 weird "I want to kill you" look. Uh, and Castiel admits like he's nervous because all of you know Bart's followers want him dead, and he's like, "Well, why would you leave? Like, we we have everything that we need to to find Metatron together. Like, you don't need to leave. You you don't have to leave. In fact, if you want to, you can." And Castiel's like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, totally, dude. Just walk out." And Castiel doesn't because that would make castiel smart for some reason. <laughs> he right. decides not to do <laughs> right. that um but he um, says that he they want him he, bart wants to team up and that he killed rebecca and the penitents because that he knows that once they get back to heaven they would have been a a future rebellion to deal with yeah um and that's that <laughs> um oh there's one other note i wrote down about um about candy is that i mean i guess it doesn't matter because we're about to go to this storage unit right and um candy was the mistress of some powerful politician um oh yeah so she was being held for like a reason she was some sort of leverage um because they're trying to tell us off screen that like oh crowley's a really bad guy and i'm like i don't believe you every time he's on screen i'm so happy i don't believe you when you say he's evil (laughs) nothing nothing he does (laughs) will ever convince me um no but so dean doesn't think that crowley would have um killed linda or or candy because he wanted them alive he was using them for leverage oh and, and this is this is a part where I was against what Sam said. I, I'm going against my boy on this one. Because Sam gets all mad. Like, oh, um, should Crowley get an award for not killing them? Like, he he gets all, like, defensive and kind of in Sam, or in Dean's face about it. I'm like, alright, Sam, I'm like, can you fucking relax for a second? Because <laughs> Dean wasn't like, you know what? I think Crowley's a really nice guy. I think that, like, obviously, Dean was just calling Crowley and Sam's all, like, you know, curmudgeonly about it. Um, It's like... Because Sam broke up with Dean, and now he's like, "What do you mean you're seeing other people?" What's yeah, your, you're not, you're what, not allowed what, to do. I that. mean, it's a, it's a little different because it's the King of Hell, but the, for whatever reason, they just didn't. They wrote Sam to get really mad at the scene, be like, "Oh, he doesn't deserve a reward for that." And I'm like, Dean's like, "I didn't fucking say he did. I just try to re- like think out how he would think. He's holding them for a reason. 
uh, because they're leveraged so he wouldn't kill them because that's not Crowley's style. I'm not saying uh, I think it's really great and I want to give him a big smooch. I'm just saying that's probably what he did. Settle down, Sam. It's a little thing, but hey, uh, Dean fans, I'm finally going against Sam. <laughs> We've heard the feedback, everybody. Um, <laughs> I, I do I do have a little trouble uh, gelling Dean's uh, willingness to call Crowley with the last time that we saw Crowley. Yeah, uh, which was, I mean, like it was, it was him saying like, "Oh, you did all of this to set me up to take the mark of Cain, uh, but you let my my dad's friend die." And he's like, you know, omelet and eggs. And he, like at that point, Dean looked utterly disgusted with Crowley and told him to get the fuck away. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a little weird that Dean would be reaching out, even though like they are like tenuous partners in this whole Cain uh, blade situation. Yeah, so. yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, like, I, I totally get where Sam's coming from. Being like, yeah, you're, you're a little bit too buddy buddy with uh, with Crowley, and that's clearly that's with the king of hell. With the yeah. king of hell. Yeah, it's just funny that they they had him get mad for this reason. It's <laughs> like yeah. honestly, like I get mad at Dean all the time, but like I feel like he didn't really deserve it on that one, Sammy. <laughs> Got to dial that down, Sammy. Come on, <laughs> pick your battles, bro. <laughs> So Sam and Dean arrive at uh, the last storage building uh, that was kind of nearby Candy's uh, site of death. Uh, this is Castle Storage. Uh, Dean comes in joking about, "Oh, I bet I bet these guys are going to be two pasty looking white kids with you know horned rim, tipster looking glasses." And sure enough, he they, he is. Uh, and he just describes it too. It's a weird joke for them to put in Supernatural, but it's very funny because it's like, I, yeah, that's the, that's always the type of extra they get for these things. <laughs> so and they it, just it, have Dean describe him, and it's a weird like like what who is counting what storage locker clerk guys look like like that's a weird like, it's a weird Dean trend, is. man. Like I don't it's super strange. Uh, it, so they demand the rental records from these two guys. Uh, Sam kind of wanders over and over and notices a map and sees that there are three storage buildings that are kind of set off from every other building and near one another, which is what Candy sort of described. Um, and then there's this thing about a D Webster. Did you get this? That yeah. all these buildings are being I, b- by D- Dean Webster and Sam is like, you mean the D Webster? And I was like, I don't I do not get this joke. I don't know where, what, what you guys are saying. What's, what's the funny here, the Chris? Didn't get the joke. Not okay. it went over my head. Uh, guess uh, should we should we Google it? It's not worth it, is it? Um, there's some sort of joke happening here. I don't know. I was like, does it because it sounds like Dean Winchester? Is that supposed to be what's happening? Um, he's probably a famous person that I just I just don't know about. But this uh, they're able to get the records after this kid summons a second identical looking young white nerd boy, um, and they start they start coming through them and try to figure out where their um where linda might be held I, I i googled it i'm sorry it's a uh the devil and daniel webster is a short story about excuse me by stephen vincent benet um about a farmer who sells his soul to the devil and is defended by daniel webster um a fictional version of the famous statesman lawyer and orator so it's a it's a demon killer so okay i mean it sounds go. cool but never heard of it Sure. Sorry to completely derail with useless facts, but I was I was super curious. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm glad we got to the bottom of it. So uh, the boys split up, right? Um, yes. Dean says he's going to go with Dell, the funky Homo sapien, uh, which is a weird like I, I, like I was into Dell Tron thirty thirty. <laughs> you know what There's I'm saying? Too but many, like, too for, many references to keep up with. 
for Dean to keep up for, for Dean to know like a weird uh, underground hip hop guy who like is kind of Ice T's cousin or something is is very strange to me. But I'm I'm here for it. But like yeah. I'm here for any yeah. underground hip hop jokes Supernatural wants to make. But like Dean is very much not a hip hop guy, so it's, it's such a such a strange thing. Um, so Dean goes to this other rental unit that was being rented. Yeah. By so the guy Dean is Webster. like, oh yeah, he had he had three storage units all side by side over here so sam goes to check those out but he tells dean like oh yeah that same guy was actually keeping uh another storage unit on the other side totally separate from everything else so yeah that's where dean's like okay i'll go with you um and then yeah sam sam checks in on the corridor he breaks into a storage unit like pretty quickly and finds linda and like bada bing bada boom we got her um she's asking for kevin obviously immediately but before any rescue can be had sam gets locked inside with her then we cut over and we see that a camera is watching them. And in fact, it is this clerk dude watching the camera on his phone as he's with Dean, just having idle chat with Dean. And you go, oh shit, this guy's in on it. Um, and he was just setting up a decoy this entire time. And he has now separated the boys and locked Sam in a, in a storage container. Um, Dean, I, to Dean's credit, he does realize that he's being tricked because he's like looking at the, um, the labels on a box and it's a completely different name than what was supposed to be for this place. And he suddenly puts two and two together and he was like, yeah, this is a totally normal storage unit. I've been led into a trap Uh, and he turns around. But yeah, it's too late. He gets knocked out by the uh, clerk uh, for once. Dean is unconscious, (laughs) man. If uh, I I don't think it's 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 too much of a jump to reveal that this this Dell the fucking homo sapien is a demon. And uh, man, if only all of these demons could punch out Dean Winchester with one punch, that hardly ever happens. Seriously. (laughs) And he just drops it, man. It's great. Um, this has been right on the chin we go back over to castiel who's being led into this kind of uh into this 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 mission command looking space uh like there's a bunch of maps a bunch of electronic displays on the wall that are tracking in real time like facial recognition and bart tells them that they've uh they have three official sightings of metatron on earth and he says that with castiel on his side they can accomplish their goals they can track this dude down um because castiel immediately says oh with this information i can probably lure uh marv out i could probably get metatron out here and bart's like yes this was the idea that i didn't think of because i am the dumbest angel in the world <laughs> i don't know yeah, why i didn't yeah. think of this idea um, he's like i have all the power and and uh, i'm a great leader but you're like the rebel bad boy and together we can do anything except i didn't think of the simplest of ideas and then we get into like this trope of uh bart asking castiel to torture and to kill this this angel this is the angel from the from earlier that uh castiel kind of accosted at the funeral what is with bad guys always being like you gotta prove yourself you gotta prove how bad you are be like dog this is a tenuous relationship you have with me and you know i know you want me to prove myself but i'm a little squeamish and this is just gonna scare me off you gotta warm up to these things you can't day one go all right sick i'm glad that we have this tentative relationship now please torture an innocent man for me because i want to know that you're real you gotta take me to the prom and dance with me a few times before you ask me to take my dress off and murder an angel yeah. you know what i'm saying like there's this there's, there's like, steps to these relationships yeah, there's steps to these things bad guys you take note you gotta be you gotta be cool about it hang out with them for a few days show them that everything's all good and that way when you finally surprise oh hey we get to torture this guy that you used to know but we've had all these laughs and good times together so you're probably cool with it you know that's some culty shit right there i'd believe it i'd be like yeah you're my boy i'll kill that guy for you i don't care you gotta but these angels they're skipping too many steps let, 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 let me borrow your xbox controller let me have your favorite xbox controller when i come over to play games you know what i'm saying like build up that relationship yeah, yeah. build it up build it up um we go back over to uh 
Sam, who has freed Linda from her shackles, and then uh, immediately figures out that he's not smart enough to to kind of hack into this door situation, so uh, turns over the screwdriver to her. Uh, she d- kind of demands to know where Kevin is, or she, I think she specifically asked, "Is he someplace safe?" And Sam says yes. And I was like, "Oh man, are we going to have to like stretch this out for a while?" And she's going to find out at the end. But thankfully, no. Uh, she kind of goes on about Kevin a little while. Like, I, I, I knew you weren't stupid enough to bring him into something like this. I knew you would stash him someplace safe first. And then he just kind of breaks down and just gives her the look. Uh, I don't think anybody has ever said the words "Kevin is dead" on this program yet. It's just no, like Dean no. gave Garth a look, and now Sam has given Linda a look and they just know which i think is is yeah. yeah acting right um yeah acting it's it's the look it's the, and, and uh, I, sorry your son's dead look jesus that's intense i gotta i gotta say uh she looks so incredibly devastated and i love this actress so much let me call her out by name because uh, we, we never do that uh lauren tom like lauren just just absolutely uh kills this like she just looks like she lost her son on the page mm-hmm. and she very quickly turns it into this like um this grit like this determination like like i'm gonna fucking get out of here because my fucking son like it she just is like she turns that on a dime from like the absolute sorrow to i'm getting out of this shit we go back over to dean uh who is waking up on the storage floor uh he's next to the body of the other clerk that was running this uh storage facility and uh he's also uh watching dell um who spends the next few minutes as as a as a weird villain um just kind of complaining about having to yeah. do villain stuff <laughs> like yeah. his whole thing is that uh Crowley brought him here as kind of a an intro like, like an intern position to get him some experience and to take care of the quote unquote apes and then of course Crowley is MIA he was not allowed to kill anyone um he's like doesn't I'm a demon don't I deserve basic demon needs and rights uh he goes on for like a while about this and it's like trying to call Crowley and even tells Dean, like, as soon as he hears that I've captured the famous Winchesters, you know, he's probably not even going to give me credit. He's going to take care of this. My job sucks. I should never. And I'm like, dude, you are. I know that this should be funny, but it's it's not really working for me, and it's just boring. Like I feel like I'm just, just listening to somebody. Time. I feel they're like just I'm just listening to somebody complain about their job, and like that's the most yeah. boring shit in the world. Like I'm sorry you have the shitty job. Like go find another one or shut the fuck up about it. I guess yeah, I'm stop, not a good friend. A, I never said I was. Demon, then. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's yeah he's doing he's doing the. Uh, blood cup and everything is this where he's where dean is like well actually uh me and Crowley are like kind of buds um but to be fair he's been ignoring my calls too <laughs> which is a pretty smart move on dean's on dean's on dean's half uh but of course this just enrages dell it doesn't have the desired effect to make him sympathetic towards dean he's just pissed like oh he's just been out partying with humans and ignoring my phone calls and dean's like quickly trying to backtrack if it wasn't really it wasn't really partying you know we were just hanging out (laughs) it's really like he's tied up (laughs) trying to be like we weren't really partying together i'm sorry um and then just from there Cut back over to uh, Bart torture and that dude that he captured. Oh wait, um, Dell Dell does say that he quits at the end of this. He's oh, like, "That's yeah, it, that's yeah, it. I quit yeah. this shitty job." And it's just like, "Fuck it." Okay, sorry, I just wanted fuck to get it, that out. Fine, dude, quit. We don't care. Um, yeah, back over to Bart torturing that guy. Uh, he says he's a last of the penitent or whatever. Um, and then he tells um Castiel to kill him. This is that test again. And Castiel is like, um, "Yeah, no, uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not doing it." 
And this goes back and forth a little bit about um, if you're if you want to be on our side, you have to show us you're willing to do what needs to be done. And uh, Castillo refuses, and it's like I'm not that person anymore. I'm not I'm not yeah, the murderer big, that I uh, used to be. Um, it's a big leap for Castillo because it's like him and Dean were struggling with that, you know, um, for the greater good, like whatever it takes, kind of attitude. Um, the the ends justify the means, but now Castillo is he's not going to be that person anymore. He's not going to do the one little bad thing to get the greater good in the end. He is going to try and be good the whole way through. I also feel that this is a a little bit of a false test for Castiel though, because we've seen Castiel do things in the, like in the course of action of, mm-hmm. of trying to save somebody or trying to save something. Um, we, we've seen him do some like that sketchy stuff, but we've seen him sacrifice things, right? For the, right. for that greater good, for the, for the, for the ends um but i don't think we've ever really seen him just like straight up murder a guy that's like obviously doesn't have any information for you and his death would really not be furthering any of your goals so like i know this is supposed to be a turn but like i would have much rather this guy be had been somebody this should have been malachi like right like this should have been malachi Mm -hmm. this is a guy that despises you that tried to kill you that killed a a bunch of your angel friends and we got like that this this should have been malachi for this scene to work for me the the turning the other cheek would be um more noble if it there was a little bit more emotion wrapped up in it rather than it already being somebody that castiel doesn't want to hurt yeah exactly um so Castillo eventually just straight up refuses to do this. Bart grabs the knife, uh, kills this dude, um, and then starts. Um, and this and this is where we go over to uh, Dean, who is getting a little bit cut by Dell, the funky Homo sapien. Um, and then Sam comes in, and they just knock the dude out. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's about that. Uh, we go back over to Bart who uh, attacks Castiel uh, and, but Castiel manages to get the knife back out of him, but he refuses to kill uh, Castiel uh, or excuse me, he refuses to kill Bart and um, Bart asks him like, what are you now? And Castiel says like, I'm nothing. This is all very melodramatic and over the top. And I, I don't, don't really care about it very much. Yeah. It's a whole, it's a whole character thing they're trying to do with him. But then um, before he can walk away, cause Castiel just tries to bail after that. Um, Bart jumps him again and Castiel is forced to turn and kill him. And then, uh, Bart's goons just let Castiel leave. Yeah. They seem, um, a little bit intimidated by Castiel. Um, and they just, yeah, just let him leave. Um, so we go back over to Dell who they have tied up and, um, he demands that, you know, Sam just kill him right there and sam says they're saving him for someone much worse and he says crowley he's like oh no 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 much worse than crowley and linda shows up behind him grabs ruby's knife and then just stabs this motherfucker in the heart uh the way they frame the shot so that you can see the like fire in his eyes as he's he's blinking out of existence in her in the reflection of her eyes is super mm. good i don't yeah. know if that was like a small amount of uh visual effects or what but boy this is super good yeah, this is uh she's finally getting just a small taste of that revenge that you know ultimately isn't going to lead her anywhere but she she deserves something. She understands she's been that. gone for a long time, right? Years. Like she's been gone yeah. since season 8. Like, yeah. Shit's not been good for her. It's it cannot have been good. So I guess that question of like was she really tortured earlier was probably a little bit inappropriate, but uh cuz she has been kidnapped for years. So <laughs> yes, no matter what she sorry. did, it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't be saying that about a real person. It's just a TV show. It's fiction. Yeah, so, sometimes um, sometimes you get caught up. What do you yeah. uh do you think do you think linda cares that there's a this is just a person suit for a demon no 
Not no. at all? Okay. <laughs> I don't oh. think so. I don't know. Not in that moment. I don't think she gives a flying fuck. Because <laughs> her son's dead, so why should anybody else even matter? Uh, I don't think that she's like cold-blooded or, or cruel or anything, but at that point, she doesn't care. And when she uh, when she sees the lights go out in uh, Dell's eyes, she she turns around to Sam and Dean and say, says, take me to my son. Um, so they go back to the bunker. Uh, they come in sam and dean come in by themselves and talk to kevin and they're like she's here we just thought she maybe needed a little time or whatever and then of course she doesn't so they kevin and his mom are reunited and uh they start crying and the boys kind of like just slowly and quietly leave out of the back way <laughs> and it's just linda and kevin they're like both of them openly weeping and chris this is i like these two characters a whole lot like i love i love kevin and kevin's mom is probably she's top five of my favorite like supporting characters in this show now yeah. like i, I really I, it's been surprising on this rewatch going through and, and finding how much I, I really like this chick and it's really emotional this gets me dude this really gets me it, it just makes me wish that they were back together. Like they were still going to be on the show and they were still going to be consistent characters as if like Kevin's mom had been missing this whole time and they're able to come back with her. Like, I know that that's kind of the tragic angel angle that supernatural always takes, um, where they saved the person, but at what cost or they did the thing, but it was just a little bit too late. They saved Kevin's mom. They finally reunite them, but Kevin has already died. Um, and so their, their last final meeting is this bittersweet goodbye. Um, which is, it's not, it's, it's good. It's a good moment. It's a strong moment. It's a painful moment. It just makes me wish that they were both going to still be on the show because you realize you have these set of characters that don't need to be in every episode, but they could show up once a season and they could be doing something cool, you know, just like Garth has been for the last couple seasons. Um, and it's, it's, this, this is the the goodbye. I assume, I I assume that we're not going to see them again. And this is the goodbye. Yeah, this is this is it. Um, as, as far as I know, like I don't know if like season fourteen and fifteen shenanigans get popped up. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is the last time we see Kevin and his mom. Um, <clears throat> Dean gives her all of Kevin's stuff, and for like just a bare second, I was like, "Are you really going to make this woman like read his notes and try to decipher the angel tablet? Yeah. Like she's not a fucking prophet." Right. Uh, but no, as they as they're sorting through the belongings, uh, Linda finds a a ring. It looks like a like a high school graduation ring that belonged to his father, um, Kevin's father. Who was, I think this is the first time we're ever hearing any information about Mister yeah. Tran. Yeah. Um, Kevin's father died when he was very really young, and it was all that Kevin had to. To, to remember his father by so she says if it's if anything if his spirit is tied to anything in here it's this um and dean's like you know you can't he is a ghost like you can't just like go home with him right like if you mm-hmm. if you leave the ghost have a, have a tendency to go fucking crazy if they're trapped in the veil for too long and they can it can be some bad things can happen and she's like nope it's my job as a mom to take care of him and that's what i'm going to do for as long as i can uh, which is very sweet and uh, very sad that we don't get like the episode where we have to clean up <laughs> Kevin, right, Kevin, the ghost because right. having killed his mom. So, um, yeah, at first I was like kind of wonky about this. Cause I was like, why Kevin isn't like bound to anything. Like they burned his body. That's, but, but I get because the the whole veil situation. And like, if he were to be able to cling to something, it wouldn't be the bunker. It would be this important object nearby where he died. So, 
I'll, I'll allow it. It's just like Bobby's flask, right? Like it plays about as right, well right, as that, right, which right. is like totally fine. And also Dean, why are you drinking out of a dead man's flask? That's gross. It's gross. <laughs> and also like it's changes. It's changed the rules about our, our ghost beliefs, which is one of my favorite things in the show. So that was kind of a bummer, but I'm, I'm willing to accept it here just because like, sure. Yeah. Take the ghost with you. We don't, we, we obviously can't afford to have Kevin on the show anymore. His, 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 right. his half of the uh, catering table was, was too much. <laughs> Thank you. Osric. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we pop back over to Cassiel really quick. He's at the cemetery again, and he's paying his respects to Rebecca, who, had, you know, we were seeing her funeral earlier. Um, he's paying her respects to her f- because she tried a new way, um, and that's something that Cassiel respects. Um, and then another angel comes up behind Cassiel, and he says he doesn't want to fight, he, and he says that he, he chooses Castiel as his, as his new leader. Uh, Castiel says you know i'm not a leader this isn't what i want but i feel like this keeps happening to castiel every season where somebody is like putting leadership upon him um and there are a few others there as well um and you know i guess castiel is the the best kings are the ones who don't want the crown so not that i'm saying that that's what castiel is but it's kind of that situation where if anybody's going to be able to lead these idiots it's going to be the person who doesn't want to who doesn't want that responsibility but is suited for it and and he's not alone. He's got some other people behind him that are that are making the yeah. same decision. I I'm, I'm with you. Like this definitely feels like a role that has been thrust on Castiel before. It just feels familiar. The fact that he's like kind of not real comfortable in the role that his his fellow angels are thrusting upon him. I um I, I am excited to see where this goes because his attitude of uh, having learned some things while he was a human and the ends not justifying necessarily justifying the means and all of the things that he's gone through, I think will make him a completely different leader. And I don't really yeah. remember how this all plays out with the angels and stuff. So I'm pretty excited to check this out. Cause last time that he became a leader, he opened up purgatory and took Leviathans inside of him because it was that lust for power, that desire to do good at any cost that created so much bad. That so bloodlust, that um, regular lust, that lust for power. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. And uh, yeah, he's, um, I, I, I want to see Castiel, I guess, try again. I mean, I don't really give a shit about the angel stuff. Like I want him hanging out with Sam and D. But if it, they're going to do this thing again, like I want to, I want to see what the differences are this time around. We go back over to the bunker uh, where Kevin is telling Sam that his his mother was tortured for over a year, and he's not going to let her out of his sight. Um, Sam tries to like awkwardly apologize to Kevin for killing him, and of course Kevin interrupts him and is like, "Hey, that was Gadriel, not him. You just just go find the guy, and stab him in the ass for me. We'll call it even." And uh, Dean makes a, a really good, not a really good joke, but he makes a very Dean joke about enjoy the twenty four seven uninterrupted company of your mom. <laughs> Um, <laughs> thanks Steve. <laughs> and then uh kevin asks them for a favor and tells them to to get over it uh just because he hasn't been able to uh, show himself through the veil he has been here the entire time the last few months since he died and he has heard their arguments and uh the, the drama between them the strife growing between them he just asked them to put it aside because you know they're they're alive they're both here and they can they still have that ability to be together and um sam who looks pretty emotional says of course like absolutely and he looks very serious doing it <clears throat> but when Ke- kevin and linda leave and dean turns around obviously to talk to sam about like hey w- we should probably bury the hatchet sam has like literally already walked down the hallway and uh, they go to their separate rooms. Uh, Dean puts on his his Dre Beats headphones and starts jamming out to some rock and roll. Uh, Sam presumably goes in to masturbate to his werewolf calendar. We don't we don't know for sure. Uh, footage missing. Um, 
but that's it. And I think this is, we, we kind of made a joke earlier where we, we, we said we had heard the feedback because we've been a little critical of, of Dean and very supportive of Sam's treatment of him. Uh, I don't think like having Kevin say, you guys should just get over it is necessarily like a cue for Sam to just like, Oh yeah, you're right, Kevin. I, now I don't care about mm-hmm. anything. Like I'll just put yeah. all of this emotion As- and betrayal to the side and just forget everything. Like I feel like Sam just walking away from the situation again is not necessarily helpful, but it's probably like all that he can do. Uh, but Dean also seems very frustrated by this. Like he, he you could tell that Dean is, is really struggling with his brother's rejection right now. Um, yeah, it's the, the first time I watched this, it was a hundred percent like, yeah, yeah, come on. And then I was so disappointed when Sam just walked away. Um, that like, I remember, I remember being like, I don't really remember this episode very well, but I do remember this moment. And I do remember the disappointment that I felt because as a viewer, um, however many years ago, five years ago, that's, that's what I wanted was for the boys to make up. But now looking at not Sam and Dean, just looking at like the kind of relationship that they're in and recently having kind of borne witness to a similar, like not so great relationship in real life and realizing like, oh yeah, these people should not make up. Um, They should just go their separate ways. And like, it's, there's so much baggage of it being the Winchesters. And of course it's a TV show, so it's different. But like when I just take, take a look back and like see the relationship and like the things that have been done on either side, it's like, yeah, maybe you guys just shouldn't be around each other. If it was real life, like you call each other on Christmas, but then otherwise, like you just kind of do your own thing. <laughs> like it doesn't. It's just. It's probably better for everybody. But obviously, it's it's not. It's not that. You know, it's not that simple. It's a TV show, so we have to get these boys back together somehow. And I want, I want them to get back together. Of course, even though um, I, I question the, the the value in that, but. The 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 stinger here is obviously Dean turns around. He wants to to talk to Sam. Maybe this would have been Dean's time to say like I'm so sorry and um blah 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 because he apologized to Kevin earlier. Finally, he let that sorry out. You know, um, Dean has a really hard time apologizing. He has a really hard time seeing the fault in his own actions, even when he calls them out. It's that like self deprecating thing. Like I've been guilty of that in the past. Where like oh, I know I've done this 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 and this. I know those things are bad, but I'm not really taking responsibility i'm just saying shit because i I, you know i want to clear the air or whatever and i think that's kind of what dean does a lot of times too he's clearing the air he's trying to clean the air but or but he's not really taking responsibility and i think that maybe here he would have he would have done that i could i could picture dean doing that because kevin's the, the the scene with kevin and him seeing his mom and now his mom has lost him and all this stuff really hammering home everything that dean already believes with like you know this is our shot. These are the people that we love. We have to stick together. We have to work this out because life is too short to not work it out. Um, I think that there's a little bit of that going on probably through Dean's head. And then, yeah, when Sam is just, he's already out the door, he's already walking down the hallway. That sucks. That, that hurts because you, you, you want things to be okay. And the one thing I'll give Sam in this that is hopefully we're building towards a resolution and an apology and, and maybe some teamwork in the future uh, is that Sam pauses before he opens his own door. He stops and he puts his hand on the doorknob as if he wants to go back and and say something to Dean, as if Kevin's words are sinking in. And Sam is too stubborn to sit there and talk to Dean, and he's still too angry to to go through it all and, and try to work it out because he feels like he's been wronged. Um, but there is that moment of hesitation where he we don't really get to see what's inside Sam's head here. There's not much of an indication it just seems like he's angry because he kind of stormed out of the room uh, and he just lied to Kevin. Um, but of course, we'll <laughs> blah, blah, blah. 
Um, but he, he pauses at the door. He pauses before he goes into his own room. Um, and that's the only indication that we have that there is some doubt in, in Sam's path right now. Because at the end of the day, you know, they're brothers, he knows it, and he still loves Dean. I think that they're, you can love somebody and know that they're bad for you, certainly. So I think that that's, that's still tugging at him here. Um, but that doesn't make the situation with Dean any, any better for him. And, and, and what I mean is the scene with Dean, where Dean goes and he puts his headphones back on, and he's, he's blaring his music, and he's brooding. And I feel like this is a Dean who was perhaps i mean i'm reading a lot into it to say that i think he could have possibly apologized in that situation i don't know that i'm just saying that because he apologized to the ghost kevin earlier but if that were the case if he was feeling sad and sorry when he goes and he puts those headphones on i feel like that's like anger rising up you can like see it in jensen's face like there's a little bit of that like well fuck you too then um because he i mean because sam just lied to kevin in front of him so there's i think maybe some of the first signs of resentment um or not first signs but there's there's some definite like actual resentment there now we're like screw you sam you're gonna play me like that fine screw yourself um and i think that that could lead to some uh to some interesting consequences so um that was like a solid five minute monologue on sam and dean yeah i'm very sorry (laughs) so uh I'm, i'm gonna take a take a second um because i agree with a lot i think that number one dean is um, was it really that long jesus uh let me look at the <laughs> Does it's help? almost exactly five minutes yeah yeah it's just oh a little gosh. short like it's it's like oh, four minutes and and 90 or four minutes and like 50 Ugh. seconds or something That's... what happened i'm so sorry <laughs> you went you went fugue man you just you just <laughs> left just, just happened sorry all I'm of your sorry. brain cells besides the ones that are concerned with sam and dean left your body <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what the podcast is for that's no big deal i guess so um I do agree that, like, I think this would have been the moment that Dean could apologize. Uh, I also think that this, um, this idea, this this watching Sam kind of walk the, down the hallway and just close his door behind him is enough to put uh, Dean in full "well, fuck him" mode. And I don't, mm-hmm. I, and I, I don't, it, you know, I have vague memories of things that happened in season nine, but like, I feel like at this point, Dean's not going to be trying to apologize to Sam anymore. Like, you know what? Right. I was almost there, and you and you walked away. And you don't hear me say, please, baby, don't go. Um, <laughs> but he's going to, like, I, I feel like that he's not going to want to reach out. Like, he, we, we've seen Dean reach out several times now and get kind of brusquely pushed back. And I understand Sam's reasons for that. And I, I agree with, with Sam, what, what is Sam is doing right now. And I think you're right when you say that if this was two actual brothers that are demon hunting bros, this would not have been like, I don't think Sam would have worked with this dude anymore. Like, I don't think this would have been a, a, there's no way that Sam's letting him back in the bunker or or Sam would leave and let him have the bunker. You know what I'm saying? Like they just wouldn't be together. Right. So, uh, I, the show has to have them together because that's what the show is. And I actually still am into this drama and I'm actually glad that we're letting it simmer a little bit. Like we're not, it's not a it's not a one episode demons made me say all of the bad things and now I'm now we're now we're now we're friends again like it's this is over several, the course of several episodes and this is kind of developing character for the, for these for these two hunks mm-hmm. and I'm I'm kind of digging it like I, I I like where it's going so they're doing the work they're doing the work, and that's why that's why it hurts I think that's why people um would be angry at it because they're actually putting in the time to explore some deep issues that they've had with each other for a long time. And it, it's obviously all culminated in, in 
on one thing on this angel possession thing and, and the consequences of that. But hopefully this is a chance for them to work out the, the, the deep dark shit that they haven't managed to pull out yet over the course of the other eight seasons. Um, any last thoughts? No, I clearly I've talked enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you specifically to the patrons over patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, your support means quite a bit to us and it lets us do cool stuff like podcast about cowboy bebop or, um, anything else. If you have not heard the news, me and Chris launched a new podcast that's public available to everybody. It's on iTunes. It's on Google play. It's probably on Spotify. I hit that button, but I haven't actually gone to check that. Um, it is called <laughs> thinking face. You can find it at thinking face cool it's a short form podcast that comes out three times a week monday tuesday monday wednesday friday uh and chris and i are you know i've 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 had a uh, trouble figuring out what we're doing to the emoji are we are we reviewing them are we discussing we're the discussing emoji? them we're, we're discussing, discussing them? them okay um we're taking it, a deep dive i've heard it called a like emoji review podcast and it's it is us discussing the merits of an individual emoji but uh it's not necessarily like we don't give it a grade at the end so i've always been right, uncomfortable right. with the Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, thinkyface.cool is the website for that. Or you can just look at it on iTunes if you can. Uh, it'd be really, really special and cool if you would leave us a review on iTunes. Because yeah, that can really, really help fun. out a new podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. Chris, you are? I am at Local Bones. And you can find the podcast at MOTWcast. Uh, you can find links to all of that at monsteroftheweek.cool. We'll be back next week with The Ghost Facers Return. And they brought their Trump hat with them. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. I don't actually know that they're Trump supporters. I probably shouldn't make that joke, but. I think one of them said. Like, like sort of problematic stuff but it yeah. was more like him just being a dick not him being I only saw literally one comment I was like you're a liberal but you're being an asshole to other people um, and I could be wrong about that because I don't care I just I don't follow any of those people and it just goes out of my brain to eat i didn't do that yet oh dude you should have eat should have et i should have et should have got my et um yeah i'll do that now all right i'm gonna upload my audio and then i'm gonna game uh probably gonna play this fucking vampire game word let me know how it is or play some Sekiro. do that too i write i ended up accidentally turning or putting my ps4 in rest mode last night during a cutscene in trails so i like i gotta remember to like go back and finish that and then save it otherwise i'm gonna be <laughs> a lot of shit. that's hilarious because it was like i had to pause for a while i went to go take a shower and then i came back and i was like oh I'll just yeah i'm just gonna put this to sleep it's getting too late no it's a risky move though because i could lose a lot of save I, I, could, I played for like 45 minutes yeah i don't know how a man and that's like a, a 45 minute to an hour setback is like murder for me in a video game I'm like nope, yep, I, i'll just yep. never play it again instead yep <laughs> goodbye <laughs> all right man well you go you go get some food in your belly and uh i'll holler at you on thursday okay adios adios i was trying to finish chewing
before I popped in, but you know what? But you fucked Here up. I am. But you, I fucked you done up, fucked dude. up. You done I had to a- close out. <laughs> I had Go to ahead. close out like fifteen different tabs open for Vampire the Masquerade. Um, <laughs> ad from last night. It's like, oh shit! It was like opening my laptop back up to find that there's still porn open, but it was all just vampire stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Is this your porno, Chris? Hey, everybody loves a good hot vampire. All right. It's that's uh, oh. that's a fact. So. I wasn't expected to just dive into this until I found all these tabs open. So I, da- I downloaded that game last night, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines or whatever, the first one. And uh, sorry, long long pause for my um, sip from my blood goblet. Um, so Steve, good good friend of me, Steve, <laughs> he, um, he really we likes can, that game for some reason. We can say friend of the and, show. Um, He's a friend of the show. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Steve. Uh, he really likes that game. He played it like years ago. And... um. When they announced the sequel, just like, like, what, a month ago? It was recent. They announced the sequel to that game after, you know, 15 years. Um, everybody in our Discord was uh, excited about it, too. And I realized, oh, a lot of people have interest in this game that I, you know, I didn't know about. Uh, so I thought, why not? I, I, I like a good vampire RPG, you know? <laughs> I'm that kind of guy. So uh, I don't really know anything about this game, but I, but I downloaded it. And I downloaded, like, the unofficial patch, which, like, fix it. Um, I'm all excited. I'm configuring everything because I'm not a PC gamer, so it takes me a little bit to like get my you know my shit situated. But I got it up and running, and I'm super super excited. And Steve was like, "Yeah, you can either like just make your own character, like a D and D character, because it's like a you know character sheet basically, or you can answer some questions, and it will um, based on your answers, it will give you a character class that you that you might prefer to play as." And I thought, "Oh, that's that's a good idea because I don't know what I'm doing, so I should have some sort of guidance." And, um, first things first, obviously, you gotta find a cool vampire name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something like, like, like Lucian or Duncan, and the Duncan's not a good one. Um, uh, something, Duncan you know, is an immortal Blade gothic. Master, Chris. <laughs> he's not yeah, a, that's right, that's right. He's not a vampire. Um, <clears throat> Lestat, you gotta find something cool. Louis, Claudia. Lestat, 100%. So I'm not saying that I went with the coolest name, but, uh, I ended up coming up with Artemis Bathory. Bathory being Elizabeth Bathory, like the famous like lady who actually bathed in, in blood um, from, from the real world. Not the Ar- real world on MTV, but of real life. Artemis being from the famous rat that was named Artemis. Yeah, of course. Of course. So Artemis Bathory, I'm like, this guy, he's like a goth nerd, for sure, from an ancient vampire lineage. Like, that's, that's what's up. And so I, I take the quiz and, you know, in the game, and it gives me a class called Gangrel or something like that. Um, that's like the vampire clan that my character is going to be a part of. And they use like melee, they use their claws. And I was like, that's cool. I like to play melee in games rather than using like, guns or magic. That's always just kind of my, my, my thing is melee. That's, that's what I'm all about. It's my aesthetic swords. I don't know if there's swords in this game though. So I thought claws next best thing. <laughs> um, so I'm all excited. I have this goth ass name and then I click, um, let's, let's get started. Let's do this shit. And I'm expecting it to take me to a character creation screen, but there is no character creation screen. Uh, it just is like, yeah, you have a preset character. And, and Steve told me, yeah, later on you can get some new clothes so you'll look cooler, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I just look like whatever this game is going to make me look like. So it opens up, and I don't know anything about the lore of this world. There's like, you know, this is a, a role-playing world that has an established like tabletop game and all this stuff. So there's, there's a lot going on that I don't know about. But you load into the game, and you're at some sort of like council, almost like a city council, but it's all vampires. 
you got some hot vampire babes up front, like just letting you know, like that's what kind of game this is, dog. Hope you're ready. Big polygon um, titties up in this, up yeah. in this probably. Oh yeah. Is this is what 2005 or something. 2004, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So big old um, polygon titties. So I'm like, all right, here we go, here we go. 2004. I've seen Underworld. I've seen Blade. Give me what you got. <laughs> um, so there's like a kind of like a stage where this politician type guy is is talking to the crowd now i don't know anything about this but he's wearing a leather jacket and a turtleneck or some shit you know he looks like he's a fucking vampire who who he's like he's playing it cool he gets along with humans but like you know he's a vampire and there's two people on trial and i guess because they like violated the masquerade which is kind of like the um you know play it cool don't let people know that you're a fucking vampire i guess that's what i understand the masquerade to be it's the act that you have to put up so that you don't endanger all of vampire kind right so there's these two people on trial. One of them is like this young kind of like unassuming woman. Like I wouldn't peg her as a vampire out of a crowd. Other than the fact that she probably had like white gl- gleaming eyes or something. <laughs> but then she looked pretty normal. And then next to her is this fucking Joker wearing like baggy ass pants. And he's got like, I don't think they're supposed to be dreads, but it's just like goofy long hair. Um, and he's wearing a, a red like football jersey that says Psychosis 66 on it. And I'm like, they don't even spell psychosis right they did it with an s so it's this whole thing i'm like these clowns are going down these clowns are done for i don't know what's going on in this story but they're screwed like these two are dead because she doesn't look interesting and he's just a clown there's no way that that this clown is allowed in this game and sure enough this dude looking like the undertaker comes out well that's another reference to the undertaker wow um this dude comes out, he's wearing a long leather trench coat, he's huge as fuck, he's carrying ice from Game of Thrones, that big-ass sword, <laughs> he's ready to chop some heads, and that's what he does, he comes out here and he chops off this lady's head, and I'm like, oh damn, where's my character, am I in the audience, am I about to come like save these clowns, what's going on? Um, and then he goes ready to, to the other character to cut that character's head off, and somebody yells out from the <clears> crowd, don't kill him. You shouldn't execute him. And I'm like, man, that must be me. I'm I'm the fucking white knight out here in the crowd. But no, come to find out, this fucking clown with the football jersey on and the and the weird hair, that's me. That's Artemis Bathory. He's the least vampire-looking motherfucker you've ever seen. I'm gonna send you a picture of him. Cause he looks like he looks just he looks like the weed like local weed dealer who showed up at a vampire club and tried to sell weed to vampires, and now he's like, oh shit. They got me. So I'm supposed to be this hot goth guy and I'm just some fucking stoner. You're, did you get that picture? You're, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a, uh, you're a vampire stoner, which I think is very hilarious. Like this picture yeah. is, is, is really something. I, so I just picture him instead of being like, I don't know, he doesn't, vampires supposed to be cool and sleek, right? No, I mean, vampires can be giant nerds. Like, and cause this vampire is like, whoa, what is up my guys? <laughs> I like Anybody the idea. Got some dank bud. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not against tattoos in general. I, I kind of regret my tattoo that I have just because I got it when I was 18 years old and didn't know mm-hmm, anything about mm-hmm. anything. Um, but you know, yeah. people can put do whatever to their body. I don't really give a shit. But I like the idea of this vampire deciding, like, oh, I'm going to get a tattoo because I am literally immortal and I am willing to to wear these tribal designs on my chest and arms for the rest of eternity. That's it's a huge commitment. It's a huge commitment. But like, there's just uh, the, the, you talk to a guy and he's like giving you the lore, and you're running into all these other vampires who look like they all look like Celine from Underworld, and you're like, why? Why don't I look like fucking Kate Beckinsale? 
I look like this guy. I look like this guy who lives in his mom's basement. This isn't fair. And at some point they told me like, yeah, you can go feed on rats or whatever. And like, if you want, like, it's not considered cool. Um, so I went and I fed on the rats and all I could do is like picture this, this idiot. Artemis Bathory over here, Art as they probably call him. Oh, and he's sitting he's down, definitely he's definitely known as Artie in this in yeah. the vampire circles. Sitting down trying to get a little high, he probably can't because he's a vampire now. He's just sitting there talking to the rats, being like, "Man, you guys are the only ones who understand me. I wish you could talk." Uh, just completely oblivious to the fact that he has the skill to speak to animals, but he's just a dumbass. He's just a stone dumbass. Um, so now I guess I'm either going to start over. <laughs> Or just play this game as this like wasteoid stoner who turned into a vampire who's just trying to get by. He's just trying to get high. That's his whole. thing. He's just thing. trying to get high. Like, yeah, he'll, he'll like because you can't just smoke weed when you're a vampire. It's not going to work. Like it's that's no no no. You it, have to it you have to drink way. a stoner to get high. Like that's how they get that's drunk. Exactly too. right. You have to get you have to get like like a normal human just stupid hot. This guy's hanging around. This is this is the reason your dude looks like this. He is hanging out at vape shops trying to find oh, yeah. the best victims so that he can because he needs to find some that is just stupid high that can barely function so that he can eat them and then get high uh i just picture him like walking around with this like mondo roach like this huge <laughs> this huge spliff just being like oh man i'm too high anybody want to hit this <laughs> and they're just like offered it to people <laughs> and then once they hit it then he's like all right i'm gonna suck your butt like he doesn't kill people because that violates the mask right he's not out here killing people he's out here getting people high and then drinking a little bit of their blood so that he could try to get that thc into his blood just uh just taking a little sippy just having a little sippy sip and then I was explaining this to Steve. I'm like, yeah, so this turns out to be my character. And I just kept saying, like, at the beginning of the game, when you're called clearly to this, like, town meeting of vampires where they're going to cut your head off, um, you're, you're, you're offered mercy. But I just pictured them being, like, um, reading out his name, like, Artemis Bathory, can you please come to the stage? And everyone's like, oh, Bathory, like, I recognize that name. All these fancy vampires are looking around, and this dude just stands up and he's like, what? Somebody say my name? They're like, yeah, please, please come forward. And he's got his fucking little, like, roach clip with this stupid little stub sticking in his hands. And somebody's like, hey, uh, don't, uh, hold, hold my roach, don't lose it. As he wanders his way up to the stage. And then they're like, wait, you're going to execute me? What? Just fucking it's, hilarious. It's not what I expected out of this vampire game. But hey, I'm going mm. to give it my all. <laughs> Can I tell you about my uh, disastrous podcast experience yesterday? Yeah, give it to me. Um. I don't remember when this episode comes out. So, okay, so yeah, it's it's already out. So uh, I've been kind of going back and forth with a guy named Patrick Klepik to record an episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. And uh, Patrick is kind of a, a well-known dude in the gaming world. He writes for Waypoint. He's he's broken a lot of cool stories over the years in the in the gaming sphere. Um, so it was great. Like I, I DM'd him and he agreed to be on the show. And uh, we've kind of just been going back and forth on scheduling a little bit. And then he DM'd me yesterday and he's like, hey, man, you want to jump on? And I was like, oh, shit, yeah, no problem. Let me go get set up. And like my usual setup process is is pretty simple. Uh, my laptop stays hooked up unless I'm making notes on stuff, and then my, everything is just right there on my desk. But you know, I like to I like to get settled. I like to start the the template so I can start recording. And I like to get a drink of water and all this stuff. So I rush over to the to the room. I, I, I rush my dogs in the room um, so they don't just wander around and be terrible dogs. And uh, <laughs> sit down, uh, start the call, chatting with him. We start the podcast. Uh, I ask him like, Hey, what are you, uh, how did you find out about from software? And then, uh, as he's talking, it starts pouring raining outside. Uh, and I'm inside. I don't podcast outside. So it didn't really bother mm, me until, <laughs> until I heard this noise, which was, uh, one of my dogs barking. 
<laughs> and that's when I realized that I had just let him outside and he had not come inside in this freak shower. So, uh, and because I'm a professional podcaster and because I don't like my dog that much, um, <laughs> I, I waited until a natural break in the conversation and then was like, Hey Patrick, I'm so sorry to do this. This is, this is super unprofessional, but, uh, I need to take a quick break. I, that we had this freak rainstorm and I, I'll just be right back. So I, and at this point I realized that I'd also forgotten water. So I had like dry throat happening. Um, <clears throat> the, I rush out. The dog is soaked. Yeah. Dog is soaked to the bone. And we have like special towels that we use to dry off the dogs because we don't know to use like our people towels for it. Um, nowhere to be found. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm using, a, I'm using a person towel, uh, dry the dog yeah. off as much as possible. Uh, close the rooms and various places. So he doesn't go get on a bed and mess it all up. Cause he's a wet ass dog. <laughs> Rush back in, <laughs> jump on the cast, like start talking. Um, apologize again uh you can hear on the podcast there's a moment uh that you can hear me being out of breath like i'm, I'm like <laughs> what did you what did you think about from software <laughs> like that kind of thing and i finally catch my breath and as it, uh, it as it just mellows out to a normal podcast experience i, I realized that yes i have forgotten my glass of water again and of course i was too embarrassed to actually oh want to stop the show again so i just like dealt yeah. with dry throat for the rest of the podcast did you explain like my dog was outside? <laughs> I did. Yeah, I um, I, I I just said like, hey man, I live in South Louisiana. My dog was outside having a great time, and it just started pouring rain. I'll, I'll be right back. And he's like, go do it, man. No, no worries, no worries. And I was, and he was super That's nice so about funny. it. Like it wasn't a big That's deal. So but I just yeah, felt like yeah. I just felt like such a shit. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it was so happening. Funny. You didn't know what to do with your hands. This time I didn't, you didn't know what to do with your dogs. I didn't know what to do with my dogs. Poor Avon. He, he just got fucking drenched i felt so bad like opening oh. the door and he was just there like all wet and i'm like oh god we're so, i'm such a bad person and of course That's i so tell autumn about though. this and she's I, like it's just avon nobody cares it's like okay the people listening who like don't know your dog history are gonna think that you're so mean but it's warranted all right people he's a misogynist yeah if you're a new listener yeah. we, it's it's long been proven that my dog is a misogynist he hates women um <laughs> he he will just and autumn's got a video of this somewhere like she sat on the couch in my spot one night when i was uh when i was out of town and like he was sitting like beside her when she sat down he just looked at her and started going like, <laughs> like motherfucker i'm a human you're not my dad <laughs> you can just get the fuck off and go into your crate if that's oh, what that's the way you want to be that's so funny oh the saga of ava the misogynist is too funny he's a misogynist chris can't help it well i'm glad that it all worked out in the end me too. Me too. Have you played any more Sekiro since we have talked to? Yeah. Last? Um. I know you've been playing Tales. I've been putting. I realized I put over twenty five hours in that game now because, like, I had eighty hours for my first playthrough, and um, now I have one hundred and five hours. So that's twenty five since I started New Game Plus, which is quite a lot. I don't know how much time I have in Sekiro. I haven't looked. But I can't remember. Had I beaten um, Lightning Boy when no, last we spoke? No, 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 I don't think so. And that's that's the big one. That's the big. That's the first like huge wall for a lot of people. I think it feels like that is one hundred percent. That was the hurdle, and once you jump over that, that's like that that one character or that one boss is almost like Undead Berg in like a nutshell. Um, I was having this conversation again with Steve about how I th- it feels like people have forgotten this struggle. Um, like I know it's easy to compare it to Undead Burke because it's the first area in Dark Souls where 
it takes you 10 hours your first time through, but the second time it takes you 20 minutes. And that's an easy comparison to make, but like, man, I, I was so angry doing Undead Berg and I didn't want to quit for whatever reason, but it was so difficult and I couldn't get by those guys on the bridge throwing the firebombs down at you. It just felt so impossible and so unfair. Dark Souls, you can break it a lot easier, so you can find your way through by kind of like breaking things and like stat boosting your way uh, out of situations if you want. But that's like, I've had this issue with every one of the games. So it's like almost kind of making that connection in my brain has helped a lot with Sekiro. First time through Dark Souls sucked super hard. It was so, it was just, it felt impossible. And then I quit Bloodborne because it was, it was too hard for me. I couldn't keep up. Um, and eventually I came back and it was fine. So beating this boss in Sekiro felt like holy, everything just clicked into place. I can do this now. And I've beaten three other bosses since then. I'm still going at a pretty slow pace. But it feels so much better. It feels like it doesn't feel as intimidating anymore. It feels like just a video game that I can play. Good deal. Yeah, I went through uh, New Game Plus. Um, I beat that guy, Roof Boy. Um, mm-hmm. And I went through and <clears throat> I've beaten... Um, there's a, a, a particular boss fight that you and I have been texting each other quite a bit about that's at the, at the bottom of the valley. Um, that has that surprise one. phase with the wonderful transition. Mm-hmm. I beat that on New Game Plus, and then I beat the, like the kind of follow up fight from there on New Game Plus, and I've been going through and doing like all of the various paths and things, and it's it's a lot of fun. Like New Game Plus is is a lot of fun. I'm at the second like big plot point, so now I have to uh, go do homework for this video game so that I can see all the endings because From Software makes you yeah. do some crazy <laughs> shit to yeah. see yeah. all of the weird endings. So I will just be um I w- I will be thankful if i could finally just beat this game and i assume i have a long way to go i feel like i'm not even halfway through the game right yeah i'd I'd say well there's there's a thing that can happen uh that can drastically shorten the game for you um really yeah so there's there's a thing that can happen that would mean that you're you're coming up on the end game Uh, i don't think that that's a decision you would make knowing you um i I, I feel like i can predict what you would do and if you do that (laughs) you get like um you'll get one two at least three boss fights maybe four and some like some a bunch of mini bosses that you can go kill and like a whole other area that you can go explore and uh it's definitely like the worthwhile thing to do like on your first mm-hmm. playthrough especially uh so yeah i think you were yeah you were probably about halfway through i don't know how far you've gone down on the other three paths to collecting all of the various things that they're making you collect yet um i know i have some of the things <laughs> Uh, but i don't know which ones so because I, I, I can't keep up i'm just sort of doing stuff at this point well i think you've got you've got two out of the three things right so you did the thing in the in the temple in the real pretty temple with the monks yes and you did the thing at the bottom of the valley and got the thing there yes. and yes. so now you're probably on the way through like the weird forest to to do the, yes. to get the thing there so the one that is uh in uh in the hole Yes. Is that, is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The bottomless okay. hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bottomless hole. Okay. It, <clears throat> it's not. Spoilers. Another 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 word for your sex tape. Wow. Okay. Oh. Sure. Wow. All right. Burning uh, it down over here. Burning down these relationships. The, the gaping dragon is back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the gaping dragon returns in bottomless hole. Oh, man. Now that sounds like your mom's sex tape. Whoa! Damn! Not pulling any punches today. My mom left me on red today, so it's fine. I know. That's why I, was, that's why I felt it had the opportunity to diss her a little bit. Normally, yeah, this, like, you know, it's all it's all happy with Mama Mosher, but I, I knew there was a little strife there, and I was dedicated yeah. to taking advantage of it. <laughs> you gotta get him while you can. You I gotta know, get those singers in while you can. 
don't ever tell me like uh, that you're having a problem with your with your family or anything because then i'll just use it to burn your family <laughs> that's oh, what yeah, i do it's roast it's, it's roast time <laughs> it is roast time is the same time as go time am i right mm-hmm. should we um should we do the podcast yeah yeah i'm good oh guess what i wrote a road so far i'm pretty sure it's a normal one though uh yeah it's a normal one it's not extended werewolf fan fiction this time. <laughs> uh, I've got this and I've got that. All right. I'm Jeremy Greer. Wait. Sorry. Nope. I just had it really. Nope. Okay. I had this, sh- this horrible sinking feeling wash over me where I thought I might not be recording, <laughs> but I am. So oh, we're okay. okay. I'm sorry. Good, good deal. Let's do the thing. Woo! I just like to throw you off your game a little bit. That's okay. That's all right. I'm, I'm look, I had to I had to go rescue a wet dog in the middle of a podcast True. yesterday. So I feel like I'm True. I'm on my game. In many ways I'm not that different than a wet dog, but let's do this. <laughs> True. Let's list all the <laughs> ways that you were not that different than a wet dog. <laughs> I'm wet. Uh I have no table manners. I'm a misogynist. <laughs> you kind of smell weird. <laughs> I smell very bad. <laughs> you like to dry off by just shaking your body. <laughs> I eat off of the floor. I think that's it. I think we've covered it. I think that means you're a lot like a wet dog.